All right. Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless. As always, I'm Logan sitting here this week with Dustin and Ryan, and we have a special guest today. We have singer-songwriter Sonny Ledford. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I appreciate you taking the time to come on because we uh we have a lot in a lot in common. As we were talking about a little bit before the show, we're all sports fans. We all have a lot of North Carolina collections, so a connection. So we were uh, excited to be able to get you on the show this week. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. So uh appreciate you guys have me. Hell yeah, man. So uh the first thing I wanted to ask you, because like after doing some research for the show and everything, I wanted to know like how you came up with uh the stage name Sonny Ledford, because I think it's a pretty badass stage name and I I wanted to know where that came from. All right. Well, it was about uh, mid-90s, finishing high school, wanted to start a uh, – couldn't really find any musicians to share what the vision of what I tried, was wanting to do at the time. So got me and my buddies from high school started something up, and we decided to call the band – we wanted something like Leonard Skinner that sounded like somebody's name, but it wasn't a name. <laughs> like there was never a Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Rotol would be another example. Yeah. Marshall Tucker. There wasn't a Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I had went to um, elementary school with a guy named Sonny Ledford. Oh, really? So it was actually somebody's name you knew then? Just had that, just had that ring to it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, start playing as Sonny Ledford. And over the years, people just kind of started calling me Sonny. And my I have a lot of revolving door of, you know, people that play with me. So it just kind of, it kind of made it easier just to, yeah, I'm sunny, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that, man. Yeah. So like one thing I did want to ask about your music though, specifically was because you seem to have a very eclectic sound, which I kind of dig. And it's like, I've seen a lot of like uh, bios and everything talk about mixing a lot, you know, the rock and roll attitude with, you know, kind of the hip hop swagger, but it's also rooted Mm -hmm. in, in like roots, like country music. So like, is that reflective, I guess, of like, the music that you're really into and it just was kind of like it, it become a mismatch of all that or like well, it, it's it, it's kind of funny because i'm not really this is and I'm, I'm probably the wrong place to be saying this but i'm not really big into country music okay <laughs> <laughs> now don't get me wrong I, I like leonard skinner was one of my first favorite bands right like and i but like big fan of like the rolling stones and i really like their country songs Hell yeah, they have some of the best country songs I've ever heard. And yet they're, I always thought was cool was that they're not a country band. Right. You know, that, 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 when you get caught up in the whole country as a label, you kind of get boxed in and have to do things a certain way. And right. I, that I, I don't want to just kind of, Oh, I got to do everything. Think like a country person or definitely don't want to do stuff that only a country fan would like. Right. Yeah. So it's just, I've always liked to keep it up. Stones did everything. Stones had disco songs. They had rock songs. They had country songs. So I kind of like to keep it mixed up. Yeah, I hear that. I, I kind of like, I, I generally can get on board with that too, because like I, I, I spoke with Rhett Miller one time and he talked about how he doesn't like to put a, a big genre label on his music because he feels like it kind of makes it reductive at times. And it does. Um, yeah. 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 So, but, uh, I mean, Dustin Angle, if you guys have any questions, feel free to jump in because I have a tendency to talk a lot when I'm I'm doing interviews. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, one thing I've noticed now, I've been to a number of shows over the years. Um, I'm in the D.C. Uh, metro area. And uh, is you kind of, you know, you put it out there every night, you play hard, 
And, and I just wonder how did you make the decision to say like, I'm going to like build it one fan at a time. I'm going to play these hard rock and roll fun. Oh, shows. I'm losing the audio for a second. Sorry. I'm losing the audio there. Ask okay. that question again. Yeah. So, you know, you, you go out and you play hard every night and you, and you give it all you got. I've, you know, I've seen it in person. Right. Um, how'd you decide, Hey, I'm going to go make yeah. it one fan at a time. And, and, you know, do it by giving it all I got every night as opposed to, say, like, chasing a, a record deal or getting on the radio or, or you know, being Pete. Yeah, those, yeah, it, those things don't matter. <laughs> it, I want to go out there and, and, and just, you know, like you come to a Sunday Hufford show, you get to see something that you're not going to see anywhere else. True. <laughs> I'm, I'm really into what I'm doing. You know, like, it's, it's, there's, I, there's no going through the motion shit up there. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I tell you, every night that I've seen you, you you give it all, and and the crowd gets into it. I, I in fact, you know, I have friends who who have continued to be fans because of of the energy that you put into a show. I've always admired that about musicians, and that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about your music. And I was just curious oh, cool. how you went down that that road. Yeah, it's just it's about energy level. I like you know, I don't like to. It, it's there's an energy in the room you can just it's hard to explain but i can just feel what where where things are supposed to go i don't have a set list well that's pretty cool, with, <laughs> i mean that's, we tend to start out with till i get to my driveway that's usually the, the the opener just but after that it's like we'll see where where the where the got to just feel where the room's at where it's headed yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny you bring that up because I was actually listening till I get to my driveway as I was getting to my driveway today coming home from work. I was like, this is the perfect <laughs> yeah. way to set up for the Sonny Ledford interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, I guess like I, I, one of the my things that I always want to ask people because like, you know, obviously from when you started to now, the music industry has changed a lot. And with oh, especially yeah, when it times. comes to how uh, the consumer consumes your your music, so what what is your opinion on music streaming? Like, is it positive or or just love kind it. of a mix? Love I love it hundred percent. I think we're all in a better place. Like, I'm a big music fan myself, so I kind of like the idea of being able to just go down rabbit holes and find discover new stuff all the time. And that wasn't really possible in a, in a monetary world where you had to buy music. Right. Like, you know, you don't just go home and go to, I go to tower records today and buy 50 CDs. Right. But I can listen listen to 50 artists in one night. Like, Oh, that's good. That's cool. That's cool. I add that. I'll add that. And I build these playlists and I, you know, I'm listening to current music. I'm, I'm really into, to new releases. So the last five years I've been doing, I've been a Spotify listener. I've created like new memories. <laughs> like I'll hear a song from 2017 and go, oh yeah, that was a good summer, you know? And before streaming became a big thing, I really wasn't getting that because I was just like, ah, listening to the old stuff because I'm not going to go download somebody's album, you know? Like right. I just, it, it, it just, there's something about, not having to pay for music, you know, I, I pay for my Spotify, yep. you know, membership, but that's for the price of one CD. I'm, I've got access to everything. And for me, it seems like it's helped from the artist perspective because more people are listening to the music now than they ever were <laughs> because oh, it's, you know, it's not behind a paywall. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that because like it's it's just made everything a lot more accessible. Like I realized the payout from from Spotify isn't as much as if you bought a physical copy. But okay, the- but let's 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 get to that. <laughs> what imagine this? You okay? You get you charge fifteen dollars for your CD, right? Right. You want to be an independent artist that that cuts off your reach. Right. Being an independent artist, you're only going to sell so many CDs. Yeah, it's very true. And then once those people buy those CDs, they have them. They can listen to them a million times and you're done. You don't see anything else. So basically what it comes down to is with streaming, you're getting a smaller percentage. But because there's actually you're getting more listeners, it ends up being better than than iTunes or CDs. Right. And the more listeners, and then they come to your show a little more, and then that it just, that's, it, it, it just it all, helps build. Yes, it all plays. It all plays together. Yeah, exactly. So you, you mentioned you like uh, new releases a lot. So who are some of the some of the top artists that you've kind of discovered recently that you've been uh, jamming out to? Well, since this is a country podcast, I'll throw a couple of country guys. I, I, I like um, Dougie Poole. Came across him on New Music Friday a couple months ago. He's kind of like in that Paul Cawthon kind of feel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I'm a big Paul Cawthon fan. Dig what he does. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm pretty much... I'm, I'm real heavy into dance music these days. Gather they're, doing, they're, doing, they're doing a lot of cool things there. Like it's um, The producers in the EDM world, they have a lot of music skills to them. And, you know, it's not... People, if you don't pay attention to what's going on, uh, techno, nah, it's it's they're they're doing something different. That that's kind of like somewhere between hip hop and dance music. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of stuff coming out. I'm just really enjoying. Yeah, Ryan is our resident dance music fan on this podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've been. Who's your guy? Who's your guy, Ryan? Um, I I tend to listen to a little bit more of the chilled out stuff. Uh, I like I like like Nora and Pierre or somebody like that. It's a little bit okay. more laid back, but um, I could I can I can get with the the guys that let the beat build up, especially in a live setting. It it can be oh, really, yeah. really cool to see everybody kind of amp up, amp up, amp up, amp up, let it drop, yeah. and the bass yeah. hits. <laughs> yeah, bass hits and just it's got that energy. It, it to me it reminds me of the energy of going to a Rage Against the Machine concert back in '93. Uh, they sure. kind of did that kind of thing and. I was a big fan of the, um, I did like rap rock when it was out. When that was, okay. I thought like Limp Biscuit and Corn and Deftones. That was a cool kind of thing because it, it had a lot of those elements of the build up and then, and you know, had like good low end. I would say that's my biggest problem with country music is I, I just, the rhythm sections are, are boring. I, it just, I, that doesn't get me, uh, it doesn't get me pumped up. <laughs> <'Cause> no, <laughs> The, the drummers and the bass players, I don't know what the fuck's going on in Nashville, but they play like like they just learned how to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's it, no it, feel. It's it's a lot of formula with Nashville. It's it, What was it? Yeah, I think it was... <clears throat> go ahead. But it goes... <clears throat> to me, it stretches outside of Nashville. I feel like everyone that claims they're an outlaw country band or whatever, they, they their rhythm sections are kind of boring, too. <laughs> and if you listen now... <laughs> Jerry Reed was funky as fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Waylon Jennings had a bounce to him. Yeah. Johnny Paycheck has some movement. So it's not like it can't happen. It's just not happening 
now. Right. And I think it's probably a big part of maybe too many guys that are into music now that don't really have the skills to be doing music, hmm. but they're doing it <laughs> and they're doing it at a big level. So it just kind of brought the level of, of musicianship down. Right. It's like you got four session musicians in Nashville, but they're, they're backing a, you know, a former baseball player that learned how to play guitar two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably, exactly. and he probably strums it two or three times a concert. I mean, they, everybody learns three <laughs> chords now and they're, they, they're right. a country guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. And even if some of them may be technically sound, they lack the soul that kind of comes through so when you that, really have a, for sure. that's for sure. Yeah. And well, it's, it's obvious. I mean, every, all the new country guys think Nickelback's like the, the cream of the crop. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they share a producer because Florida Georgia lines been with know, Joey Moy for a while, man. Yeah. That big wall of sound bullshit that we hear from, from them. <laughs> This is yeah. uh, yes, it's not very nickelback to me doesn't have good rhythms. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> we we have some fun making fun of them on this show. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve to be made fun of, man. <laughs> well, you're talking about guitar. When when did you get your first guitar? I got my first guitar in fifth grade. And it sat under my bed for like two or three years. Saw Guns N' Roses on MTV, saw Slash. I'm like that's it. I got to learn how to do this. <laughs> that dude is too cool. <laughs> and answer the question. I know it was on everybody's mind. Did you learn, did you learn to play the guitar for the women? No, I won't. I mean, I, obviously you could see rocks, the rock star lifestyle. But for me, it was just, I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> I, I played, I've been playing piano since I was five. Oh, nice. Wow. I, I picked it up by ear. I could play the theme from Dallas in kindergarten on the piano. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching Dallas in kindergarten. He <laughs> yeah. shot JR. Yeah. That's a big shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking yeah. of, of Dallas, that's a good, good segue for one thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, what, who's your NFL team? Cowboys. Cowboys, oh man, we're yeah. uh, we got uh, so one of our co-hosts couldn't make it th- this evening, but we we got three Redskins fans on this podcast. <laughs> Let me tell you what, as a Cowboy fan, there's no better two uniforms together on the field than Cowboys Redskins. I agree, I agree, and, I, and congratulations on not screwing up your uniforms, even though you had to get rid of the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad but they at least kept the burgundy like, and gold. It still looks like the Redskins. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And and we were having a conversation around Thanksgiving about how. The Thanksgiving game every year should be Cowboys Redskins like it was. It should be. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's just it's terrible that the NFC East is as bad as it is this year. It it's a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> NFC East is always the toughest conference in football. Always. <laughs> uh, even don't let those records fool you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to be claiming it if the Redskins win it this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to sneak out with it this year. Hey, one can only hope, right? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things we talk about on this podcast, probably more than we should, is college football. Do you have a college mm-hmm. football team that you that you follow or that you keep up uh, with? I've always I've always been a fan of the U. Okay. Oh, Miami. Okay. I love the colors. The colors. When I was a kid, I'm like, man, these guys are cool. Like. <laughs> Did you grow up with them in the 80s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. The, the convicts versus the Catholics, all that shit. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you have any thoughts about them? You have any thoughts about them coming over to the ACC? Does that seem like a natural fit? I thought it was cool. Yeah. 
that, yeah. that made sense. I think that they they're just one of those programs now that if they start doing well, they get sanctioned. Reminds <laughs> <laughs> it. Big, I have a theory: big city schools, Southern Cal, Miami. Every time they get going, sanctions. You got to be like a Southern school to to for the NCAA to look away. <laughs> yeah, Carolina. Yeah, basketball. Clemson. Carolina basketball. Carolina basketball, Clemson football, Alabama football, Duke oh, yeah. basketball. <clears throat> yeah, my I, brother played basketball at NC State. Oh, really? I see. I'm a Pack grad, so I like to hear that. Go Pack! I pull. I, mean, I pull for NC State in football too. They just, you know, basketball. That's for hundred percent my team. Oh yeah, yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yep. Dang, it's been a, a probably a miserable time watching the Pack then all these years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They never recovered from Carolina running Jimmy V out of town. I know. It was a grand conspiracy by the Carolina fans at the Board of Governors and the state. It was. Jim Valvano, Jim Valvano had the, us on the precipice of over competing and overtaking, and they didn't like it, so they ran him out of town. Uh, the 87 ACC tournament was the last straw. Mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> he won so that national championship in his second year, and they couldn't take it. Nope. <laughs> so if they you're Miami. Him, they beat Carolina in 87 with Vinny Del Negro. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> if you're a Miami football fan and a NC State basketball fan, it would now be a bad time to tell you that I'm a Carolina fan? All Carolina fans are, what, Florida State football fans, right? Oh, no. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. The ones I grew up with were all old football season. It's all about Florida State and then basketball and then Carolina. It's probably because yeah. of Deion Sanders or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> they all came out of the woodwork in recent years. They, they now that they're having a few little bit of success, you hear from. Them. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you got to hear all that Mac is back crap from the uh, from the Carolina people. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling. I was talking to a couple guys the other day out of uh, Lubbock, Texas, named Mason and the Gen Line. It's their band name. And I told them, I said, I, "Look, man, if we can ship Mac Brown back down to Texas, I was like, do y'all want him?" They said, "No, y'all can keep him." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he might be a little old to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, like, when it comes to uh, – so, do you, growing up, you grew up in North Carolina, right? Gaston County. Gaston County. Okay. So, was uh, was basketball a big thing? Because, you know, it's a big basketball it, state and everything. Was, I would say Gaston County was ground zero for basketball. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. James Worthy had just won a national championship. He's from Gastonia. Sleepy Floyd, that played in the national championship game in 82. <clears throat> so our, our Gastonia YMCA was ultra competitive. Right. I played as well. And it was, it was, it was quite a scene back then. <laughs> I bet it was. Anytime you got kind of, that kind of talent in one area, it's always competitive in the pickup games. Will you go on record? Yeah, a lot, a lot of the guys I played with, a lot of played, went on to play D1. Yeah. Can you go on record and say that You've beaten your brother at basketball if he played at NC State. <laughs> Maybe in a game of horse. I mean, he's I'm six one, he's six six. So uh, yeah. <laughs> does make a difference. Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> but me, him, and my dad couldn't be beaten three on three back in the eighties. Oh yeah. <laughs> so do you well, still keep up with ACC basketball like this year? I'm tell you what, I gotta be honest, I'm I'm an NBA. NBA fan. Who's yeah, I, I, I like watching the best play. 
Who's your NBA I mean, Charlotte team? Hornets. Okay. It. Charlotte Hornets. It's Charlotte Hornets. Hornets. I mean, there's no hope there whatsoever. <laughs> well, it's Jordan, you know, the, Michael Jordan cannot fucking draft for shit. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> they should put it on auto draft and they would Mark get my words. La La Lamelo ain't gonna be worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of baggage that comes with the Ball brothers too, because you know uh, it was he, his dad's going to definitely be involved. <laughs> they can't shoot. No, <laughs> the boys can shoot. No, I think he's going to be uh, better than the, the middle brother that I think just signed with Detroit. I want to say, but I don't know if he's even going to be as good as his older brother. And his older brother ain't even. That I good, saw. So. I saw the first. I saw the first shot he hit in preseason. And it does not look like an NBA jump shot. Oh yeah, it's bad. They've they've had bad fundamentals shooting shooting the rock ever since I, they came to the public consciousness. When the Hornets took, um, we took Cody Zeller with the Greek Fleet. Greek Freak still in the in the draft. <laughs> yeah, that tells you about Michael Jordan's uh, drafting prowess. <laughs> well, yeah, he took Kimball Walker. He took Kimball Walker over Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and Clay Thompson. Yep, sums it up. I mean, it's just yeah. It's, uh, what's the guy Malik Monk over Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I mean we we could have a we could have a straight up championship squad with 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 a smarter with if I would have been GM. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would actually like to see that because then Charlotte might actually win some ball games. If 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 you put me in charge of the Hornets, they're 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 going to be a top four team in the east every year yeah at least <laughs> we we should start that petition i think we should we'll push it let's start the petition yeah, <laughs> yeah. um i mean you got a variety of teams that you put out there i mean just in, you know different sports professional and college is there a favorite sports memory oh 83 Cardiac pack <laughs> yeah that, that's that's <laughs> Can't believe it happened. Every time I'll, it comes on ESPN, the show, and I got to watch it again. Like, oh, yeah. there's no way. How did that happen? Because nowadays they would they would find a way to fuck that up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did, so, have you seen? I'm assuming you've seen the uh, 30 for 30 on on the 83 team. Oh, of course. Gives me chill bumps every time I watch it. Yeah. Every time. Every time. <clears throat> That's one of the best ones. I mean, I'm not a pack fan. I cheer for it. Because my both, I have two brothers. This one and another one that went there. But like, that's one of the best ones I've seen. It's incredible. No, it's it's good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I've obviously I'm biased towards the pack, but I'd love to see him get back to prominence. I'll, but I'll probably be won't. I'll probably be an old man before that he win another championship. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm- laughs> So, uh, growing up in in that area, and I've I've seen some of it in like some of your music and everything. Are you NASCAR fan at all? I paid attention to it, you know, but not really, no, not a super fan or anything like that. Gotcha. I got with 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 Dale Junior back in the day, you know, party down there. Hell yeah! Apparently, he could. I'm, I wouldn't like travel out of town to go to a race or anything like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, Ryan also is our resident NASCAR fan. So <laughs> I was say if you said yes, I had a whole list of questions I could go with. But I'm sure he, 
I'm sure you've seen a, f- a few people around town if you're in the in the Western Carolina area every now and again. Cross paths with yeah. a few of them. Oh yeah. I noticed there was a fuel can in the uh, place to stay video. It shows up very briefly. <clears throat> I don't even know if you know what's up with. Yeah, that we shot or- that. There was a stu- there's a studio over there. Uh, I live in Mooresville, North Carolina now, which okay. is Race City. Okay. So one of the one of the teams over there has like a studio where they. We just went in there to film the video and they had all the stuff laying around over there. So yeah, there's a catch can in the video. That's cool. Which are the harmonica player that plays with us sometimes. He he did a lot of pit crew stuff back in the day. Huh. Very cool. Mm-hmm. You, uh, are you allowed to tell us what team you work for? <laughs> he worked all over. Okay. Cool. I don't know. Like I said, I just don't really know. <laughs> I don't. I got, there's so much things on my brain with music and everything. I just, NASCAR is like kind of far down. <laughs> oh yeah. So this kind of sports related, but one thing that I always thought was pretty cool was when Brock Lesnar used as his MMA walkout music, he used Nicholas size tail on damaging winds. So the thing that I wanted to ask was <clears throat> there's two parts. Like how did that come about? Did, did he like contact you at all about it? And second, did you no. ever meet him? I had no idea. Like people started live. Uh, you know, hit my phone up. Oh my God, he's coming out in nickel size hell. And like, had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> never, I've never met the guy. Never anything. I don't know. Oh yeah. It's a stranger. There was a guy hit me up from Pakistan last week. And I was like, just curious. How did you find about, find out about this in Pakistan? And he had saw the Brock Lesnar fight. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> hey, there's one. Awesome. There's one way that uh, opens the door to the music, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh, one thing that's very prominent on this podcast, and especially prominent for me and Dustin uh, in our family growing <coughs> up, is uh, and you, you probably knew this topic would come up, but that's Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We um, yep. we we had a our family had a place down there that we spent a lot of time during the summer down there. And one thing I wanted to ask you is, what is your favorite spot for a cold beer in Myrtle Beach? I got to say, daytime or nighttime? Okay, so mm. that's, a good, that's a good question. So, <laughs> yes, day and nighttime, both. <laughs> I will say this. From 11 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon, the beach itself, on the beach. Right. And then maybe... Four to seven, the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, if you're talking, like, you know, eight, you know, eight to midnight, I'd have to say either I had to go to Ocean Annie's. Okay. You know where that is, North Myrtle? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Okay. It's a little outdoor bar, and I got cover bands playing all day. It's pretty right. cool. Um, <clears throat> Bamini's Raw Bar, North Myrtle. Love that place. And the Bowery. Love the Bowery. Oh, I love oh, yeah. the Bowery. I'm a big fan of that. I've always said that the Bowery reminds me if I could ever step, go back in time and step foot into a fictional world of the Dukes of Hazard and go to the Boar's Nest, that's what the Bowery yeah, reminds me of. Oh, it's, 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 it's all that. You know, I used to walk by it at the pavilion when I was a kid. And I you know, saw the rebel flag hanging down there. And, like, and they said something about Alabama. I'm like, is Alabama in there playing? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm like, you know, eight years old, I'm thinking they're in there playing Dixieland Delight and loving the first degree and all that shit. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alabama had nice. Um, they used the Lindrum on their on their music. They yeah. used drum machine, and I I love that sound they have. 
Oh, nice. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That is, uh, that is primo pop country right there. <laughs> <laughs> See, pop country used to be a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kenny Rogers. Yeah, I mean, Islands in the Stream is a BG song. Yeah. <laughs> you knew yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Barry Gibb uh, has put out some solid, like, roots influence solo I'm, stuff. I'm a huge, huge Bee Gees fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we grew up listening to them because our, our dad's a big Bee Gees fan. So there was, like, a couple of the cassettes. I got a party on. with your dad. He sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to set that up in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Myrtle Beach and the Bee Gees. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Our, our dad was all about uh, the Bee Gees, Donna Summer. Uh, Keith yeah. Whitley and the Eagles and Bob Seeger. Like, yeah. Bob Seeger too. <laughs> Love Bob Seeger other than turn the page. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard too I, many cover bands play turn the page and night moves. I don't ever need to hear those songs ever again. Right. That's how I feel about sweet home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Same I love Skinner, but I've heard it too many times. No, Skinner, their deep catalog is, is, is unreal. Unreal. What's like, your favorite deep cut? Like, Junkie, okay. Junkie, uh, I never dreamed. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a fantastic like, song. Steve Gaines, you know that the Street Survivor stuff was awesome. Yeah, I'd say I, I've always been a um, a big fan of. I've always said I think their most underrated song is "All I Can Do Is Write About It." That's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. We just recently had an episode on here where we talked about Southern rock. And uh, what exactly Southern Rock Southern. is. Oh, yeah. We, we're all big fans of it. And we had but, some disagreements on what exactly uh, Southern Rock is. <laughs> do you think the Atlanta rhythm section is Southern Rock? I did. I also they voted are, for... I think they're awesome Southern Rock. <laughs> I also voted for 38 Special and I got vetoed by the rest of the No, people. no, no. I back you on 38 Special. <laughs> <laughs> 38 there we go. Special. Okay, let me, let me tell you about 38 Special. In 1982... When the Human League and all this new wave stuff, which was awesome. Yeah. Michael Jackson, all this, some of the best music ever. The police, they're all on the charts in the top 10. 38 Special was on that top 10 with them. That's pretty impressive for a, a band that was true Southern rock. Yep. That you could play, you could play Don't You Want Me, Baby. And then you could play Hold On Loosely right next, next song. Yep. Sounded great. I don't think we're going to see anything like that ever again. Yeah, we, we, uh, we like, we, we definitely gave them credit. Those of us who were against it, we gave them credit. We think that they, one thing that they did well, because there's a couple of bands that we like that are new (laughs) that are carrying the torch. Uh, we think for Southern Rock, who's, we think who's carrying the torch? Who's carrying the torch? I would Rock. say the, the closest, the the closest one for me personally is uh, Whiskey Myers. Even though they do lean a little bit country at times, but I I dig what those those guys are doing. I'm a big Whiskey hear, Myers guy. When I hear those guys, I just kind of hear basic '80s rock band, blues rock band. Right. I don't really. To me, Southern Rock's got to have a special. Something that stands out. Like, I don't hear a, a hold on loosely coming from Whiskey Myers or an imaginary lover, like, a, you know, Atlanta Rhythm Set. Like, yeah. There, there's something missing. Uh, yeah. I mean, do, do they have the long hair and the beards and the, and the bell bottom? I'm sure they do. You know, they, they, they look like a Southern Rock band. But 
I had they're, a, from te- they're from Texas, right? Yeah, they're from Texas. Yeah, I don't. I just thought if you put if you, it doesn't evolve. I, to me, the next thing that can set, successfully be Southern rock is going to have to have some modern elements to it, right? And 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 it, it it's a very tough thing to explain because the the current Nashville country that tries to incorporate you know, some of the drum machine and hip hop stuff, it's so corny that it gives the whole experiment a bad name. Right. Because you hear like, you hear a snap beat and you're going to hear a guy talking about a truck or yep. how happy he is that he finally has a girlfriend. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, you know? Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause like, uh, a guy is kind of blown up on YouTube, um, doing like music reviews and everything. Grady Smith, he he highlighted this video somebody did where it mixed up like six of the top of number one hits from like the year 2018, and he he adjusted the tempo and every oh, single yeah. one of them sounded the same. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 doing basically you know analytics there where they 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 get one thing that works. I mean, just like you know, you can be from the south, you can be, you can have those elements of the of country and southern rock, but you can also understand that you want to drop and to build up on some on some things too and get to me why can't people from the south have energy <laughs> <laughs> you sound like ryan right now <laughs> like, okay I, I like to get revved up before a concert oh yeah so i got you know i got my phone my headphones on i'm not listening to country <laughs> <laughs> right nothing in country that if, if, if you're an athlete and you had a big monday night football game you can't listen to country before you do that. No. <laughs> you got to get something revved up. But to me, that's an element missing. I, I want to hear something that, where someone is truly Southern, and yet they also want to rev the shit up, too. <laughs> right. And th- those are, like, Skinner, Skinner was really good about that. Yeah, Saturday I mean, Night yeah. Special was a rev up. That song, it, it thumped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, I, I'd say that's true, and I also say that one of the things we pointed out, and get your thoughts on it, is we we thought what helped make it unique was it uniquely told like the Southern story. You know, you felt Southern culture and Southern history in the songs, especially for Skinner. Well, to me, a lot of a lot of that is <laughs> when a song to me like it, the culture of, of the South to me just seems to be fucking get fucked up. <laughs> 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 I, I'm not disagreeing all, I, with you. <laughs> I, I've lived on, I've lived on the West Coast a few times. I'm actually currently in Washington State right now, and you can see how different the culture that it's not as they don't party here like they do down south. <laughs> Take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> We're having to bring them to some SEC tailgates. <laughs> the South, what the South needs, and this would help to get that next great Southern rock band. If the South is going to have to get on, get with the program and legalize marijuana. <laughs> there's, there's no, it's just, it, that's one thing they have going on out here is that legal marijuana kind of just changes the, the culture so much. And here it's kind of chill, but I think down South it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> because I think you would have like more people getting high and you'd have more people like, Getting some more abstract ideas out of the South. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> rather than the same shit over and over and over. Yeah. At least uh at least from some people. I don't know if it would happen in Nashville because they're still they're chasing the dollar there. So <laughs> you're telling me a, a dispensary on Broadway wouldn't do good? Oh I, oh, I bet it would, but I'm like from the artists themselves, I still think that they're going to be controlled by the suits at the at the label. <laughs> that, you know what? Those guys, those artists are, are are they? That's a that's kind of a myth. That little suit controlling the artist. Those those artists are willing to do anything. Right. They will jump through any hoop that you like. That's why I'm not on the label because right. I, I've already been in those situations. I did I did a deal with MCA twenty years ago, and I saw what it, what it, what it, what it's all cracked up to be. And it's, it's way more efficient for me just to keep putting music out and doing what I do. Yeah. So like speaking of like putting out music independently, like you do, um, what is your opinion on the, so especially in the streaming age now, uh, it seems like mm-hmm. artists tend to put out more like EPs. They put out more singles every certain amount of time. Like I, the pretty typical example is how Drake does his music. He puts out new music almost constantly all the time versus the old model of, of, of putting out an album. And then a couple years I later, do putting exactly a new album. Drake, I do exactly what Drake does. Okay. And I put out singles. I, now here's what I do is I package them at the end of the year as an album. Right. If you want to, you know, to me, like it sucks to put 12 songs out there. And you get that initial, like, okay, here's the, 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 the new album. And then what are you going to do the next couple of months? Right. I mean, we, we don't do, uh, look, look at a TV series. Like you get an episode at a time, right? And then you can go back and watch the whole season. Mm-hmm. With music, it's kind of the same thing. A, a single is like an episode of a TV show. <laughs> here's huh. this month. I'd never thought about it in that way before. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm putting out a song a month. Right. No matter what. I, I, I put something out there every month. It's been interesting because I was, I was obviously heard your music. I've been to a couple. I, I'm in D.C. too. I went to a couple of the shows with Dustin that he's been to um, okay. and kind of caught on to the energy down there. Uh, we are at Hill Country for whatever. It's Hill called. Country. Okay. Yeah. It's a good venue there. I love that place. And uh, well, of course, you're right back. Like for the audience, you're right back by the bar. Right. So it's easy for yep. us to go, go back there. <laughs> Get mm-hmm. kind of messed up. But at the same time. Yeah. Um, anyways, what I was going to say is uh, it, it was really cool because I was able to kind of track what you were putting out throughout the year. It looks like you put out, I don't know, nine, 10 out, nine, 10 singles since yep. around this time last year. And then to match that up with kind of what you were listening to, you're putting out occasionally different stuff you're listening to or grilling out to, or uh, looks like you got yep. like a little disco set up or something. And you can kind of see how the sounds that you're listening to are playing out in the music that's coming out real time. It's actually, it's actually somewhat unique. It's, it's, it's it's way more accessible than I would expect from um, really anyone, quite frankly. And it was kind of cool to, to, to kind of look at over the last week and kind of try and figure out like where your head was coming from. And- oh, that, that's cool. That's a good observation there. Yeah. It's, you know, I, that's another, like by finding new music that keeps me inspired. Uh-huh. And then when I get inspired, I create. And I, I think it would be no different. Like you said, you know, mentioned the disco thing, like Waylon back is, like Waylon over full disco EDM. And it sounds like kind of crazy, but look at that period in the late seventies when the Stones did Miss You. Uh Rod Stewart did Do You Think I'm Sexy. Uh (laughs) Queen did Another One Bites the Dust. And Pink Floyd did Another Brick in the Wall. All of those songs were fucking awesome. (laughs) 
and to me, like, I've, it's like I want to have my spot in that too, right? where I take an influence and put my spin on it. I, how how I often can, are you are you creating? Are you like writing new stuff and and I create pretty much. I'll, I, this is all I do is music. Um, so you know, I, I keep my I keep my studio set up so I get inspired. I go boom. Like so I don't pay to go. I don't pay to go to studios. I record. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just put it down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. So it I, seems I, like yeah, I record. I record on computer. I use. I use. You know, synths, drum machines, guitar, acoustic guitars. You know, um, all those things. Here's another funny one. Don Henley. The Eagles are pretty awesome, right? Oh yeah. Very rootsy Americana. Good country songs, rock songs. Correct. I yeah. agree. Yeah. What did Don Henley do in 1984? <laughs> yeah, when he went solo. <laughs> Went he solo and went pop with nothing <laughs> but synths and drum machines, and it was yeah. fucking awesome. If yeah. there would have been a Facebook in 1984, there would have been a few disgruntled rednecks fucking cuts and don him out. He didn't get to hear those critics. He was just like, "Fuck it, I'm on MTV." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did a we did a whole episode of like what we called like bummer summer jams of like Don Henley and like Tango in the Night, like Fleetwood Mac and all sorts uh-huh. of different, different stuff like that where we were just going. That sounds like, awesome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> What's like the perfect I love song? I Tango in the Night. I'm a big Tango in the Night fan. Love that album. That's, it's probably my favorite album of what they've done. It's, it's, it's not their, it's not their number one single or, any, or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's the cleanest from start to finish in my opinion. But Oh yeah. Know don't know what that's worth <laughs> you know that, that that's the one with uh lies tell me lies sweet little yep. lies okay that song and circles by post malone same exact tempo really hmm. yeah i didn't know that <laughs> makes sense i Actually, mean the baseline the baseline notes are almost identical. i'm i'm like a big time into music like i know like all i play every instrument uh-huh. oh that's so i'm like i'm constantly analyzing every part of every song i listen to <laughs> It, that was such a departure for him. Um, it, it's interesting because you you talked about making a playlist, right? So ever since mm-hmm. I've had Spotify, I'll come up with like my 50 songs of the year or something like that mm-hmm. that I've really enjoyed. And then uh, when we go back and listen to them, it could be old, it could be new, it could be um, yeah. place for not blowing smoke up your butt, but place to stay emitted on the 2014 uh, <laughs> end of the year playlist, right? It's just hey, only, only five years after its release. Awesome. Well, that was the, that was the first show I went to. <laughs> so, for whatever it's worth, but um, no. So, so uh, and, and circles was on there. It was such a departure from everything else that I kind of heard him do. So it's 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 interesting that. See, but I mean, he grew up because he could. He didn't want to just do trap songs for yeah. his entire life. Like a true artist doesn't want to stay in the same place constantly, regardless of how many people swear they love it and don't want them to change. A true artist doesn't give a fuck about those people. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I don't. I don't let Sonny Leopard fans dictate what I'm doing. Right. They yeah. can, you know, if you don't like what I'm doing, you can always go listen to fucking Tim McGraw or whatever. <laughs> 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 
it's funny because like Post Malone is someone who so I'm not really a big hip hop guy personally, but like his stuff in particular is is very engaging for me. Like it's, it, Circles was the first song I heard because it was a massive hit. You heard it everywhere. And Circles is a fantastic song. And Post Malone is just such a talented guy. Like he can play so many different styles of music, which like just kind of shows that showcases that talent in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I was telling a friend that how you could tell that circles at its root was a good song. I heard it in three different genres, couple, uh, the Cadillac three covered it in kind of like a, a swampy Southern rock ish country way. And the Billy strings mm. did a bluegrass version. And it was a, it just was a good song in all three formats. And I was like, that's really, the, you can tell a song is a good song when it can, it, you can change it up and it still, it still hits. Yeah, no, it's a good song. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, you know, those guys felt like they needed something <laughs> Yeah. a little better than what they had so they went for a good song like <laughs> I'm I'm glad I don't have to do that. I don't yeah. I don't have to do circles to like fucking <laughs> put, a, put to put something out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the, the the well isn't dry here. Yeah. So That's when cool. it comes to this, oh go ahead Ryan. Oh, I was going to say so so based on so uh, I'll be honest, you kind of set me down a little bit of a rabbit hole earlier this week because you put up a, okay. I, I'd seen you put up a Starbucks tune from back in the day that you were listening to one night. Like where, oh, where, yeah. do you, where do you see your music going in like the next six months, year? Is that too far out? <laughs> Is that a bad question? No, it's not, not a bad. Uh, okay. I, um, I've got a slate of remixes coming out. Because I've been, I've been uh, before, right before the pandemic hit, the last, year before the pan I've, I've been DJing a lot too. Okay. And I was actually DJing after like doing DJ spinning after the shows. Huh. Like setting up for shows done and then and then I get up there and spin and get the place really, really cranky. <laughs> and I started thinking like, you know what, I, I you know, cutting up a bunch of classics, you know, some rock songs, rap songs. I'm like, now I'm gonna do the Sunny Leopard classics. So I got some remixes coming out. Okay, so, I got so one New Year's. Eve, I've got one New Year's Eve coming out actually. Oh, nice! Yeah. So is it going to be kind of like, uh, like kind of more club friendly remixes of some older hits? Well, okay, a lot of my older hits are recorded. Were recorded in my bedroom with an acoustic guitar and a MPC drum machine, and they were they weren't even like considered. Like when I did Jim Sharp, I didn't have any idea that it was going to be approaching five million streams right i just it was like a fun song with my cowboy buddies okay jim goddamn right jim Sharp was a joke <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i started you know cutting it up into some sets and i'm like you know what this song is actually kind of hits pretty hard we, and when we play it live it hits hard mm-hmm. but the actual recording of it for, if someone was to hear that the first time they'd be like that's sunny leopard that's, that's not all that you know so, been reimagining some of the hits, and it, it's it. I'm it, it's been fun, you know. When I was having fun DJing them live, so I'm going to release some of those as well, starting New Year's Eve. That's cool. Something, but, but I'll also also with some new Sunny as well. Um, I've got a ZZ Top inspired song coming out. Um, there's there's all kinds of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. 
It's funny you say uh, talking about Jim Sharp because uh, my co-host on my country music podcast, Country and Cold Cans, he wanted me to to tell you one thing. He said, uh, he said, tell Sonny. He goes, I know he's not from Stephenville, but I wanted him to know I think he's the baddest motherfucker in Stephenville, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We partied with Jim Sharp about 15 years ago. Okay. Dallas, right? I, I really, honest to God, didn't really know who he was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was partying with the cowboy in, in Oregon. And his wife wanted him to leave. You know, we're all having some beers. And she's like, come on, we need to go. And he's like, no, I'm having some cold beer. She's like, okay. She said, all right, you can end up, you're going to end up like Jim Sharp. And he said, you goddamn right, Jim Sharp. The fucking world champion. <laughs> <laughs> and we started, everyone, the rest of the weekend, is like, everybody's like, goddamn right, Jim Sharp. Goddamn right, Jim Sharp. <laughs> it's kind of morphed into a song. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sounds it about like to, doesn't necessarily have to be about bull riding. The song is just about being a badass and whatever you do. Can appreciate that, and I can oh, appreciate yeah. the story behind that. That sounds like, and that's something. why, and that's why I remixed it is to give it the energy that the song deserves. <laughs> that, that can't be captured in the in the little demo that I did fifteen years ago. Yeah, because you feel it at a show, at a live show, the crowd mm-hmm. is really into it. Oh yeah. So one thing, uh, you so one thing we I want to get get out there to our Miserable and Reckless audience is that Sonny Leffer was the first one to put a pontoon boat into a into a song. It wasn't. Thank uh, you for mentioning that. Yes, it, 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 there there had never been a song that ever mentioned pontoon boat. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And that I was know. like fifty. Oh, I was I know. a little big town one, and, and yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, like. I'll give you a perfect example. Remember the song Chevy Van? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tammy Johns. Mm-hmm. Well, a year later, John Cougar didn't put a song out called Chevy Van. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and Pontoon Boat got, was, you know, that song got some play on XM Radio, like, for real. And they knew it was out there. They just fucking jacked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, so, uh, have you ever been to? It, it, unfortunately, it's closed down now. But have you ever been to City Limit Saloon in Raleigh, North Carolina? Yeah, we played there a few times. So, one thing that I always thought was cool back when I was in college at NC State was they had a sign on on the wall that mm-hmm. said, uh, uh, "Hell no, don't watch racing no more. It ain't the same." It ain't the same. same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the damn truth right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I always saw that and I was like, that that's pretty cool right there. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's what we remind Ryan of we, whenever he gets on a racing kick we're just like we stop racing after se- or watching after senior <laughs> I still like I it whenever they got that Cara tomorrow bullshit going it was over for me oh yeah <laughs> I, I miss all the rednecks arguing about Ford and Chevy back in like high school that was like <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and you had to pick a side, and everybody got mad at one another. Yeah. To fight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you see the Calvin pissing on a Ford sticker. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So one thing I read online, and I wanted to see if it was true or not, because I saw it on a couple different websites when I was doing some show prep. Um, did you actually teach uh, Jarrett Leto how to play guitar? I did. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. How did that come about? 
I graduated high school in 93 and I moved to LA immediately. And um, I was working on a pilot for the show called My So-Called Life on ABC. I was like an extra, you know, background high school student. Playing. Anyway, some guy had a guitar on the set one day and I started playing it. And Jared walks up and said, hey man, they, they want me to play guitar in this episode coming up and I don't really know how to play. Can you show me? I'm like, sure, you know, it was like some little simple song. <laughs> we used to hang out and jam and stuff, like him and his brother, who and they play in 30 Seconds to Mars now, world superstars. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, man, that's really. a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always well, funny he's, he's, run into. He's, done pretty, he's done pretty well for himself. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> I taught an Oscar winner how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So uh one what are what are some of the, your favorite venues you've ever played at? Favorite venues. Um it could be it, it that that all depends on the time, situation, whatever. Uh I like playing Myrtle Beach always. That's always fun. Like just it's it's really more about like areas of the country right. versus the actual venue. I love playing on the West Coast. West Coast audiences are always fun. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I've never really been a big venue person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have uh, least favorite? I played, areas? I, played, I played in the kitchen late night. That was awesome one time. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story there? <laughs> no, <laughs> just you know, acoustic guitar in a kitchen and. Everybody's feeling good and just playing some of the greatest songs of all time kind of shit. <laughs> okay. Cool. Perfect. What were you going to say, Dustin? Do you have uh, least favorite areas? Areas that if they hear this, they'll be mad that you said it? <laughs> well, you said, is there a least favorite place to play? Yeah. I don't like playing the deep south. I don't care to play Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. And the only, the only place I like to play in, I like playing Atlanta. I love playing Atlanta. But the rest of Georgia, nah. <laughs> Pretty much anywhere in the SEC countries, like, kind of I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy playing SEC country. Those people have, we, I don't know, they're always, want, they're, they're cheesy down there. <laughs> Their tastes are so cheesy. And and if you kind of if you have any semblance of an artist or an artistic kind of pedigree, they kind of reject it down there. I got you. They want you to fall in line, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Which Sign seems away. like it's it's Sign. not in your DNA to do. <laughs> not in my DNA whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> free birds. <laughs> <laughs> they want to hear free birds, sweet home Alabama, and wagon wheel, and that's about it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, Dustin Angle, do y'all have any more questions before we jump into a quick lightning round? Who lightning round? I don't know. Uh, the, the only thing I'd say, uh, given this year, you know, it's been, a, it's been a weird year with the pandemic. What do you yes. miss most about the, the pre-pandemic world, and what do you look forward to most when we get on the other side of this? 
I miss being around other people and not worried if I'm catching fucking a deadly lung disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that boat. <laughs> I mean, I, we, we, played, we played a couple festivals this summer. And it was always like, cool, yeah, man. Oh, oh, oh actually, just kind of stay about seven feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we played with Paul Cawthon in Idaho. And oh, nice. We took a picture. We took a picture together. I'm kind of like slouched over. Like, ah, I don't want to get too close to this guy. Like, I don't know where he's been. <laughs> That's just it. To me, I just, I miss not being fearful every time you go out in public with people, you know. It was kind of nice not having to worry if you're catching some deadly disease. Yeah, I feel you on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all in that boat. We, but other know. than that, I mean, it's kind of been normal. Like, I, I'm, I don't really go out much. I'm not that social. I cook food and make music, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a damn good life to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, follow sports. That's about it. Yeah. It sounds like our lives. Yeah, I think we're all living the same life. Yeah. Except that's, for it, that's it, been the that's been the comforting thing about it. It's like everybody's going through it, right? Yeah. You know, like you can see some people getting down. It's like, hey, don't worry about it. Everybody's we're all in the same boat. Yeah, can't nobody really do shit. Yeah, <laughs> true story. It's, it's damn true. Oh yeah. So, uh, Sonny, if you're ready, uh, we'll jump into yeah. the lightning round and Dustin Ryan, uh, if you guys have your lightning round questions up, well, guess we'll just go in order and whoever's question it was, we can ask. So, all right. So, uh, first one I had was what is your all time favorite beer? Low and brow. Okay. Where's wow. that from? Germany. Okay. It's not available in the United States. Gotcha. Used to be gotcha. in the eighties, but not anymore. Yeah. When you're on tour, what Van Jams do y'all listen to? What what? Van Jams. Like what what's the stuff you're spending in the when you're going from uh spot to spot on tour? Um we kind of everybody pretty much does the headphone thing on the way there. And then sometimes on the way back I'll like DJ in the van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what when you're after a show? What's your uh, or just going out on the town in Myrtle Beach? What's your favorite late night drunk fast food spot? Sam's Corner. Okay, solid choice. And I think my last question I have before I turn it over to the other guys: If you could play with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? I'm going to have to say I want to jam with Tupac. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My, uh, my question is incredibly important and divisive. Vinegar or mustard-based barbecue? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing the vinegar, so I'm asking for all three. I'm mixing vinegar, tomato, and mustard all together. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like it because it's usually because it's usually some dried pulled pork. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get it's not a whole lot of spots that do it well where you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, go two sides to go with that barbecue. Two sides to go with barbecue. Yeah. Mac and cheese and coleslaw. All right, solid. 
Um, you can only listen to one album on repeat for the full year. What are you picking? Whatever Maddion put out last year. All right. All right. Yep. So we talked about Myrtle Beach, and I know uh, you're out by Lake Gaston too. So Beach Lake, Lake Norman, 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 Lake Norman. Norman. Oh yeah, good yeah. point. Dustin and I are from Lake Gaston. <laughs> Freudian slip there, maybe. <laughs> um, so beach life or lake life? Which one do you prefer? Beach life. I'm with you. And for, uh, so three of us are, I, I don't think we mentioned this. Three of us are from UNCW down in Wilmington. So we'd, okay. we, we would agree with you on that one. Played the whiskey down there a few times. Good yep. spot. Oh, nice. Downtown. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I, this may be a time of day question, but beer or liquor? Oh, beer. Okay. But then, on a normal, on a normal day, I don't drink anything during the day. And then, have a couple glasses of wine at night. All right. Preferably red blend. Okay. 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 Interesting. Um, acoustic or electric? Electric. Guitar. All right. <laughs> Not even close. Not even. I can't stand acoustic guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Just because so many horrible people play them. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> if you suck at guitar, you cannot play electric. It won't. No. It, it, electric will not help you out. The acoustic is forgiving. The electric is not. <laughs> <laughs> and what are the three best party songs to play if you're on a pontoon boat? Um. You could go Yacht Rock, you okay. could go 80s Metal. Okay, <laughs> definitely one, one Yacht Rock song. Okay. Could be whatever. I'm going to go with the genre, three genres. Um, number two, a classic before Bon Jovi 80s song when New Wave was big. Okay. And something that slaps, some, you know, some of the more modern shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, whatever the the whatever the 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 best EDM song that came out on New Music Friday, the previous Friday. Okay, <laughs> I can't a good variety. <laughs> yeah, as the guys will tell you, that sounds basically like what I make them listen to past ten o'clock at night, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta hang out. Man. <laughs> you know your music. Next you know what the good stuff is. <laughs> well, we're we're uh, we're planning on going. We've been talking about it for a while. It's a Myrtle Beach Bowl next year. So if you meet us down there, we'll do it. The the bowl game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not going this year? No. Because of the whole COVID thing. We yeah, figured we'd kick you. it off a year, yeah. But right. Well, hell, the fucking Coastal Carolina is going to fucking run the table, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. They've had a hell of a year. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm for those guys, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially, we've been cheering for them. And been especially with the them. mullets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, a, it, I put a I put a remix clip of Myrtle Beach on on my Instagram in support of those guys, and I said a lot of them gave a thumbs up on it. Awesome! I, I think it's a crying shame that you weren't the celebrity guest picker on College Game Day. Uh, the at the episode of Conway, I thought that Dustin Johnson was a was a great pick, though. I mean, he went to oh, yeah, school, yeah. won the Masters. It's cool. I, I wouldn't have been able to make it in time anyway. 
opposite coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to throw your social media handles uh, on there so people can know where to find you and remember to all the audience out there and make sure to go out there and stream the shit out of the new stuff he's going to be putting yes. out. Of course, it's going to be slapping. Just type, just type in Sonny Laffer. Make sure you spell it with U's and you'll be all right. All right, good deal. Well, man, <laughs> I got to say, I appreciate you coming on. I had a good time, so. Hey, thank you guys for having me. That was, that was a nice little chat. You guys are cool. Yeah, yeah. man. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks so much for, for doing this. Yeah. Oh, man, no problem, man. Yeah. Well, for this episode of Miserable Reckless, I'm Logan's in here with Dustin and Ryan and our special guest, Sonny Leffer. We'll see you next time. Oh, holler. <laughs>